0: New Year, folks. Welcome into Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Back with you, live from the Lee Company studio for the first time in 2024. Glad to have you guys with us. What a fantastic 2023 we had, especially to cap off the year. And I'm curious if anyone has any guesses what the final number ended up being in the most watched month of main street sports today history ninety eight thousand four
1: hundred and sixty four views scared the hell out of a hundred thousand yeah
0: we, we, we did it was so close. Oh, man. And when we could not thank you guys. You know, if
1: another remember. thousand of y'all want to go back and watch one of last month's show, we'd appreciate
0: it. <laughs> right. Because
1: those numbers will still count.
0: <laughs> just, just, just keep pumping those numbers up. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, it was a heck of an, a way to end the year. We appreciate you guys so very much. And, and looking forward to, of course, the coming year. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton. Justin Kulick is on the controls. And I can't
1: speak for Justin, but... Neither of us are feeling particularly well. So you're going to just have to bear with our voices today. We're going to struggle. Get get this one out.
0: This one's going to be a struggle, but we'll get there hopefully. And yeah, (laughs) we'll see what happens. But a good show. Caleb Giroux is going to join us and talk about that Citrus Bowl win for Tennessee we may get a personal story about his struggles at the Orlando airport. Oh, no. Oh, it was apparently pretty bad. Well, I don't know I, who struggled I, more, Iowa's offense or Caleb trying to get out of Orlando.
1: <laughs> I feel like it was probably Iowa's offense. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, at I least mean, Caleb at least he got, he got out.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. So. Caleb did eventually get home. I will say this, though. If there's an airport to struggle in, there are worse than Orlando. Well,
0: it was apparently a, an issue. So we'll, we'll talk with Caleb about that and what he saw down there. We'll also talk, of course, with Terry McCormick, who will be giving us the Titans update for the rest of the week. I don't know if that's going to continue after the season is concluded or what the, what the deal is. But well, I
1: mean, I think there will continue to be updates. Let's hope. needs to be something going on
0: needs to be some upgrades (laughs) about updates but hey Rand has a plan so yeah we'll talk to terry at three o'clock we'll also talk to chip walters i know it's wednesday but we weren't here yesterday so yeah we'll talk to him again and it is wild and wacky wednesday we didn't get a chance to do wild and wacky last week because we had picks to make so We'll get into the weirdest and wildest news from across the globe as well as Florida. All of that is coming your way here in just a few moments, Mo. Sound fun? It does. It does.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: Let's hop right into the results from yesterday as well as the weekend and give you today's very short schedule on the rundown.
3: This is the rundown.
1: The Wednesday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. Z- ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose.
0: Girls basketball action from the weekend. Father Ryan down Bath County, Kentucky, thirty nine twenty four. Carrollton George was a 42-30 winner over Oakland. Franklin County, Kentucky, defeated Westmoreland 46-37. It was Neshaminy, Pennsylvania, 49. Ezell Harding, 36. Brentwood was a 78-56 winner over Park Crossing of Alabama. Lipscomb Academy fell to Pickens, Georgia, 55-44. Columbia Central down to Warren, Pennsylvania, 50-24. East Nashville, 36-34 winners over Blackman. East Robertson down Hendersonville, 4745. It was Rossview, 43, page 32. Summertown down Fayetteville, 7239. While Sycamore was a 6241. Booth completed Mills Tennessee, Christian, 5241. Station Camp was a 5248 winner over Pope Prep. Friendship Christian down McGavick, 5754. And Good Pasture was a 56-16 winner over Antioch.
1: Last night's girls basketball action Brentwood defeated Independence 58 34. Father Ryan down Brentwood Academy 40 29. It was Page 56, Centennial 34. Collinwood with a 63 46 win over Culioca. Answorth defeated Harpeth Hall 49 36. Richland down Fayetteville 54 22. Ravenwood with a 59 50 win over Franklin. Lincoln County defeated Giles County 56 22. Providence Christian 54. Grace Christian of Franklin 40. Christ Presbyterian defeated Lipscomb 50 to 30. Loretto with a 47-39 win at Wayne County. Mount Pleasant down Hampshire 52-28. Nashville Christian 56, Harpeth 47. Nolansville Downs Visiting Summit 60 to 47. Pope Prep with a 68-22 win over St. Cecilia. Wilson Central edge Charlesdale County 50 to 47. Summertown did not edge Zion Christian. Ninety-one sixteen.
0: Boys' action over the weekend: Brentwood Academy down Ballard, Kentucky, seventy-three fifty-seven. It was Brentwood fifty-two eleven and thirty-one. East Robertson a forty-eight thirty-five winner over Hendersonville, on Murfreesboro Central down Fulton seventy-six sixty-one, handing Fulton its first loss of the year. By the way,
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. White County, Georgia, down Riverdale, 79 57. Loretto falls to Siegel, 65 48, while Independence was a 58 44 winner over Dorman, South Carolina. Wilsonville, Oregon, 60 48 winners over Greenbrier. Summertown down Fayetteville, 72 58. Fairview is a 72 53 winner over Hunters Lane. Clarksville falls to Laverne, 61 47. Kirkwood, 73. Hume Fogg, 66. It was Kenwood, 82. Manassas, 11. Green Hills, 70-63, winners over Father Run Lipscomb Academy, 56. Thompson of Alabama, 54. Hoover of Alabama, downs MBA 68-25. It was Friendship Christian, 81-38, winners over McGavock Good Pasture, 76-64 against Westmoreland. Tennessee Heat, down Nashville Christian, 65-54. And Trinity Christian, Edges Clarksville Christian, 65-62.
1: Tuesday high school boys basketball action. Independence with a 65-59 win over Brentwood. Brentwood Academy defeated Father Ryan 65-48. It was Centennial Downing Page 46-44. Kalioka with a 64-61 win over Collinwood. Columbia Academy with a 66-64 win over Webb School. Coverage at mainstreetmurray.com. Game was a lot closer at the end than Perhaps it should have been. Yeah. Um, Montgomery Bell Academy with a 52-44 win over Endsworth. Richland defeats Fayetteville 58-52 win for the Raiders. Franklin 66, Ravenwood 64. Believe that's the first loss of the year for the Raptors. Um, Giles County with a 71-62 win over Lincoln County. Providence Christian defeated Franklin Grace Christian 62-29. Lead Academy with a 67-46 win over McGavick. Lipscomb Academy defeated Christ Presbyterian Academy, 65-49. Loretto with a 69-43 win at Wayne County. Mount Pleasant defeated Hampshire, 65-18. Nolensville Downs Visiting Summit, 62-49. Wilson Central with a 72-66 win over Charlesdale County. Watertown defeated FC Boyd Senior Christian, 59-34. And Summertown. Behind 36 points from Grayson Burleson defeats Zion Christian 74
0: 65. Wow, I had all but half of those points
3: yeah. there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Women's basketball from the weekend Vanderbilt down to Fairley Dickinson 73 41. It was Tennessee State 83, Little Rock 78, Austin P 53 44, winners over Miami of Ohio. Middle goes out to Grand Canyon, falls 68-59. Belmont, a 69-61 winner over Illinois-Chicago. Commodore Women, again, winners, 80-53, this time over Radford. Tennessee downs Liberty, 90-55. Trevecca was an 85-71 winner over Kentucky State. Bryan edges UT Southern, 59-56. And then the Lady Skyhawks fall on the road to Faulkner, 70-64. <clears throat>
1: Okay. Men's basketball action. Lipscomb going down to Tallahassee, picking off the Seminoles of Florida State, 78 75. Murray State with a 75 54 win over Middle Tennessee State. Tennessee State 90, Little Rock 82. Vanderbilt defeated Dartmouth 69 53, just like Joe Sullivan said they would. Memphis 81, Austin P 70. Tennessee last night defeated Norfolk State 87-50. It was Southern Illinois defeating visiting Belmont 73-63. And Casey Alexander took that personally. Trebecca <laughs> um, with a 92-86 win over Milligan. Jacksonville State 107, trebecca 67. UT Southern with a pair of wins 63-57 over Dalton State and 81-74 over Faulkner also missing from no never mind my bad pay me no attention college football action tennessee with a 35-0 citrus bowl victory over iowa on the ice the predators fell to detroit 5-4 in overtime but won 3-2 over washington in a shootout and blank the blackhawks through nothing in the association the Grizzlies dropped two of three since we last met, falling 117-106 to the Clippers, 123-92 to Sacramento, but defeating the San Antonio Spurs 106-98.
0: Yeah, 0-3 on that trip out west.
1: <clears throat>
0: that's not ideal. No, well. Got home though and put yeah. it on Wimby in the in the Spurs. So that sounds no. good. Today's schedule, high school basketball double header action at six o'clock. Girls starting, boys behind. Clarksville at Beach, Clarksville Northwest is at Rossview, and Gallatin is at Springfield. At the Glass House tonight at 6.30, Reinhardt visits Middle Tennessee State in men's basketball action. And in the association, the Grizzlies are at home again, this time against the Raptors of Toronto. That's a 7 o'clock tip on Valley Sports. That, folks, is your rundown. top story is brought to you by our friends at Pigley wiggly right here at neely's mill shopping center in columbia we are excited to tell you about their great lunch specials of course you can go up there and get delicious lunch meat and vegetables cobblers just put it all together however you would like you can also get fresh hand cut meats as well as great produce again it's Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center here in Columbia. I'm going to start with coaching news or players?
1: Let's start with players.
0: All right. We have the Tennessee Sports Riders Association's Players of the Week.
1: We do indeed. Carson Newman, junior guard, Nick Brennigan. Hit 12 of 25 shots from the floor as the Eagles defeated Tennessee Wesleyan on December 19th. And all 12 of those, well, all 25 of those attempts, all 12 of those makes were threes.
0: That's good. Okay.
1: Pretty efficient. Um, Brennigan finished with 37 points in the victory.
0: Which means he went one of two from the line?
1: Or he, one of them with a four-point play. I don't know which.
0: It's oh, possible. Yeah. yeah, it's possible. He, yeah. Might, he might have made them all.
1: Hey, I'm going to tell you what, <laughs> if he hit 12 threes against me, he probably got fouled from out there at some point. So, yeah. Um, Carson Newman hit 22 threes in the game, setting a single-game program record. And Brennigan's 12 also set a single-game record, um, previous record of 11 set by Ish Sanders in 2011 you know, ish. Ish, yeah. So 12th um, phrase, most by Division II player this year and the second most in South, in South Atlantic Conference history. Um, Brennigan also scored 11 points in Carson Newman's win over Belmont Abbey on December 30th. Oh, okay. He
0: was one of one, by the way, from Belmont.
1: So it probably was a four-point. It had point. to be. Because, I mean, you wouldn't have one attempt otherwise. Um, On the women's side, Paige graduate, Faith Wilkin announced her presence with authority in her first game back from an injury, scored 17 points with seven rebounds as Trevecca defeated Kentucky State 85-71. Wilkin, six of 11 from the floor, five of five from the line two assists in a steal, and was tied for team high-scoring honors with Sister Lily. So, um, Rebecca's Faith Wilkin, Carson Newman's Nick Brannigan, your Tennessee Sports Writers Association's women's and men's basketball players of the week. Congratulations to both.
0: Man, what a great, great job by those players over the holidays Mm -hmm. some folks struggle to get up for those holiday games but
1: apparently apparently they did not yeah
0: all right let's talk about a little news that broke this morning your alma mater
1: i don't know if broke is right i guess it was released but anyway well yeah yeah.
0: Released this morning. Your alma mm-hmm. mater has a new football coach. My
1: alma mater mm-hmm. does have a new football coach. Um most previously an assistant at Gallatin High School, which tells you how times have changed when Franklin is hiring off of the staff at Gallatin. But Yeah, that, that, that would
0: have been blasphemy when you were in
1: school. And without question. Um Joshua Adkins is the Admiral of the Admirals, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Served as tight ends and special teams, tight ends coach and special teams coordinator at Gallatin. Um, Previously coached collegiately at Middle Tennessee State, McNeese State and Florida Tech and is an alumnus of MTSU and the Lake Charles, Louisiana program.
0: Whose men's basketball team is talking all the stuff well, by the way these days.
1: I don't I don't know what you expect. Oh no,
0: I am just saying they they are they are not backing down from anybody and they're talking talking it these days. So
1: Atkins was an assistant at Gallatin for the past five years, according to the article on Main Street Preps by Blake Keller of the Gallatin News. Prior to that, he had been co-offensive coordinator at Stratford. And he replaces, well, most recently he replaces Donnie Webb, who coached the Admirals through their final three games and went two and one after Alex Melton was dismissed seven games into his third season. Um, Franklin, three and 27 over the last three years. I'm sorry, Alex's second season. Second, third, third. That was his. Oh. He was one and 27, uh, one and 26, excuse me, 27 games. Yeah, three three seasons. Yeah. So again, Franklin, three and 27 over the last three years, but. Beat a pretty good Mount Juliet team in week ten. All right. Yeah. Uh,
0: that was no, that was in week eight or nine. It was. Yeah, that was so The one
1: lost one.
0: Yeah, that was the first game back.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Or for for Donnie, and then they defeated Overton in week eleven.
1: Yeah. So. Um. We really like the energy and excitement we thought Josh could bring to our program. We look forward to him leading and growing our student athletes, is the quote from Franklin Principal Shane Pantall. We're excited to be able to bring Josh to Franklin. We feel he is one of the best young coaches in the mid-state and brings an enthusiasm that we feel will carry over to our players, according to Franklin Athletics Director Jay Johnson. Atkins also served as wrestling coach at Gallatin until last week. Yeah. So the Green Wave
0: What are lo- they
1: doing loo- right? I don't I don't know what happens with that. That's that's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. Kinda unfortunate for Gallatin. But
0: you know, look, I I, I appreciate what jay said and and probably not wrong but those are also things that alex melton brought i i don't think enthusiasm is what franklin was lacking i mean <laughs> <laughs>
1: You are putting me in an impossible position. I, and I'm, not,
3: I'm
0: not asking you to even respond. I'm just Good, saying. Because I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's not. Because, look. I, it,
1: You're not wrong.
0: Jay has to say that,
1: and that's great. Jay has to say that. Shane has to say that because they have to. They're hiring a new coach. What are they going to say? <laughs> right. You know? But, I mean, it's, it's, if you have watched this show for any period of time, you know where we stand regarding Alex Smith. Right. Shouldn't have been fired. Not his fault.
0: None of it was.
1: So, you know, uh, wish Josh Atkins the best of luck. Wish Franklin the best of luck. Uh, They can make the best of a bad situation, ideally, but they shouldn't have been kind of coach.
0: Well, that's the thing about Franklin is it, unfortunately, is a bad situation in this particular landscape of – I I was talking with someone, I want to say, over the weekend. I don't remember who it was. But they basically said, look, Franklin is in a weird place because people who have always lived in Franklin, whose kids went to Franklin, didn't
1: move. And they don't have kids anymore. They're grandparents. Well, but it's not that they didn't move. They didn't move, but yet they don't go to Franklin. There are no legacies or few legacies at Franklin.
0: There are a few legacies there. There aren't a lot of young families who are bringing their kids and going to Franklin High School because there aren't houses available in Franklin because nobody's moving. And so it's, it's a weird situation that they're in in that.
1: Well, it's also a weird situation in that there are plenty of kids that could be at Franklin that aren't.
4: Well, they're, they're, for,
1: for a number of reasons, for whatever reason. some self-inflicted. Sure. So.
0: And and so you know you just kind of have to. Do you have to take Franklin High School in a in a different light than some others? And and it's just it's simply because they are they are really bound by their their geography and their history. and and, and what I mean by that is that. You know, people who went to Franklin, their kids aren't going there. So they're kind of in a just in not a necessarily situation. through any fault of their own. Not, right. I'm just saying it's just it's a weird situation that Franklin finds itself in. And I'm not sure that that I think you have to take the football program. In that light.
1: Well, I mean, you almost have to take the athletic in that light. And, you know, nobody wants to concede that. And sure. the elephant in the room is that, again, most people who have kids who did attend Franklin, their kids attend Centennial. Yep. And. and it, oh, by the way, did
0: you happen to see the Cougars football team this year? Did you yeah.
1: happen to see the Cougars football good. team this year? Did you happen to catch that Centennial page result that we read in the rundown? bit ago i
0: mean well franklin basketball did beat Ravenwood,
3: then.
1: did you yeah about that it's a heck of a win for them good for them um you know did did you happen to see centennial baseball in the state tournament last year you know i mean yep i mean uh, we've got a another hour and 35 minutes of show to do so i don't need to get sidetracked by this because i could
0: sir you may want to click the comments tab and we'll take a break and
1: oh as i do so
0: yeah geezer we hear you uh we'll take a break caleb is standing by stick around Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
4: With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands off.
0: Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Again, welcome back into the show, Mo Patton, Chris Yao, and welcome back into the state. <clears throat> Difficult as it may have been.
1: I need uh, to hear about this. For Caleb Giroux, oh,
0: but we oh. are glad that you are back, Caleb. And, uh, yeah, I, I hear your your experience in the Orlando airport wasn't
7: perfect. I need to hear about this. Oh, my gosh. So we got to the Orlando airport at 4 a.m. for our 630 flight, 625 flight, something like that. And the security wait was two and a half hours. So, So we would have completely missed our flight if we had to wait in the security line. Luckily, Orlando has some system where you can schedule an appointment for like a shorter security line. So we did that. But once you got to the front of security, you realized exactly why the line was so long. It was complete chaos. Nobody knew what was going on um you still have to take your computer out of your bag at orlando which you don't even have to do that at the alcoa airport so <laughs> it's a strange strange system they had at orlando for sure in alcoa
0: they're not really worried about much of anything Ooh. <laughs> even
1: as, as close as oak ridge is yeah i mean i don't know yeah huh. well glad you made it back look like you got some sun caleb
7: uh I, it was orlando so <laughs> and it was hot. I did not expect that. I did not pack for 80 degree weather. I'll say that much. I had a sweater on with pants, but spent some time on the field. Um, so I got a little sun. I burned easily. But all in all, pretty good experience. Survived the airport, which I did not realize that would be the hardest part of the day. I thought our 40 minute layover in Charlotte would be more difficult, but just happy to have made it to the gate. Now I'm back in Knoxville.
1: Well, I mean, Hey, forty minutes in Charlotte though, you get to hang out in those rocking
7: chairs over there. That ain't too bad. That ain't too bad. Yeah, I had to saw the rocking chairs. We didn't spend much time sitting oh. down. We had to hustle. It's yeah. <laughs> also um, rocking. Got some rocking chairs in uh, McGee Tyson though. It's always good.
1: I've never, I've, ne- I've never flown into there or out of there. So you're not, um, yeah.
7: you're not missing much. But there are okay. a couple of rocking yeah. chairs, and your computer can stay in your bag. So
1: what did you think, <laughs> Caleb?
7: Well, I thought a uh, former five-star Nico Iamaliava kind of showed why he was a hang five-star. On, hang, on, hang on.
1: Stop, stop, stop. Say that one more time.
7: Nico Iamaliava. Of course. Of course.
1: I was just going to get him to say that, and hopefully we can cut that out and send it to um, Dave Fleming and... um Brock Osweiler. Yeah, who were because sure. they they just punted on it. You didn't get to hear that,
7: but they just no. They, I they heard just punted
1: on the last name.
7: I heard the PA and the like press box announcer pronounce it every different way, and then finally, like five or six minutes left in the fourth quarter, once Nico's about to get pulled, they finally said it right. They're like, "Gas and Moore is in for Nico Iamaliava." I was like, "It took you." It took you three quarters to get it down, and now he's not on the field anymore.
1: And, and now he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine his disappointment. <laughs> I, I was ready to show off. No, yeah, I finally got it right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. The numbers weren't overwhelming, but the efficiency and just, you know, the way he handled everything as a first-time starter has to be encouraging for fans of the team in Orange.
7: Yeah, and I think if you watch the tape, it's kind of a, more telling of his performance and the stats. I mean, he had one throw where he was rolling out right and then off platform threaded a needle to get it to Ramel Keaton, who was able to barely get one foot in for a first down. So it's throws like that that make you realize the potential that Nico Iamaliaba has for this offense. And like you said, I mean, the efficiency was good too. I mean, 12 for 19, 151 yards, about eight yards per pass. So that wasn't terrible. Three rushing touchdowns and one throwing touchdown is good to see. He has a natural pocket presence that most quarterbacks really don't have. I mean, Joe Milton did a lot of things good for the offense and, a lot, and some things bad as well. And I think hit Nico's pocket presence is already past what Joe Milton's was. I mean, you can just see when Ia Maliava's in the pocket, he's stepping forward before the defensive has ever even close to where he is. It's just kind of he has that sixth sense in the pocket. And that's why you see him able to rush so much. I do think coming out of this game to grow for Nico is that Six sacks is not what you want to take. Yes, Iowa's front was good, but I think that freshman learning curve for a quarterback where in high school he probably could beat a defensive end off the edge and rush for five, you're not doing that in Division One Power Five football. So I think that learning curve is there, but that's why it was so good for him to play the bowl game and get some film on tape. So all in all, I'd say it was a pretty successful day for him, and especially for a freshman making his first start against what is not a bad defense in Iowa at all. Not
1: a bad defense, but it's not as good as it was cracked up to be either, I don't think. Caleb Giroud with the Daily Beacon joining us here on Main Street <coughs> Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. And um, as excited as folks were about Nico Iamalieva's starting debut, they got some more good news here, I guess yesterday, when it was announced that Bru McCoy is gonna come back. Um he immediately becomes wide receiver number one, right?
7: Yeah, I would figure as much. I mean, you have Squirrel White, who will still remain your slot receiver, but I think Brew McCoy, as long as he returns fully healthy and full go, he will be that number one option at wide receiver. And he's a good number one option to have at wide receiver. He's a big target, big guy, basically a tight end on the outside. And it kind of makes you wonder, with his announcement time, if he – um if you watch Nico play in the Citrus Bowl, it was like, yeah, I mean, I want to come back and play for that guy. So I'm sure there's a lot more that went into it than that. But assuming Brew McCoy comes back fully healthy, I think that's a big get to um, keep him in the wide receiver room. And then you pair him with Tulane transfer, Chris Brazel. Plus, you bring in several good freshmen. Plus, you return, you know, Caleb Webb, Chaz Nimrod, some of those younger guys as well. So that wide receiver room is turning out to be a lot better more than likely as long as everybody stays healthy than it probably was this year, Dante Thornton will likely return as well. So health is obviously paramount in that room. And then you need to have a guy like Jalen Hyatt was where all of his, everybody's attention can be focused on one ride receiver, just how everybody was focused on Jalen Hyatt. And then you have those other receivers or even running backs who can get open and make some space. I don't think you had that as much this year. I don't even think after Brew McCoy got injured that you had a true wide receiver one you could rely on. So I think that's going to be the biggest growth next year is giving Nico Iamaliaba options to throw to because we saw in the Citrus Bowl that even if he's out of the pocket running, he can get it to those options. They just have to be there for him to throw to.
1: And it's funny for all of the options that you mentioned at wide receiver, none of them was Mike Matthews, the five-star out of Georgia.
7: Yeah. I mean, the room is deep. I mean, even, Mike Matthews is obviously the headliner for the class, but Braylon Staley out of South Carolina is another guy that I feel like people aren't paying as much attention to at wide receiver. South Carolina wanted him a lot down the stretch, making him home visits, talking to him a lot, and he stayed committed to Tennessee, and that's another guy who I think could make an impact. But the difference now is you have – we're talking about a lot of names in the wide receiver room. You have options.
3: This year (laughs) –
7: yeah, this year it felt like – we were just trying to Tennessee, and, and we just trying to find somebody to fill in those gaps. Now it feels like you have options to fill in those gaps. To where if somebody isn't working or having a bad day, you can throw somebody out there. I mean, even we saw it in the Citrus Bowl where Mel Keaton, who's been at Tennessee five years, he's a veteran wide receiver, dropped a ball over the middle that would have padded, Imaliava's stats a little more. Nico threw a Stopped beautiful running
0: on a touchdown pass.
7: Yeah, threw a beautiful deep ball to the mm-hmm. pylon, and. it was probably a little harder to see on TV, but in person, I mean, Ramel was wide open. If he just kept running, that's like a toe tap or even a dive at the pylon for a touchdown. And I mean, the ball was on the money and he just stopped running. So next year, the biggest jump for this offense has to be in that wide receiver room to get some guys for him to throw to, because what's the use of having a five-star quarterback if he's not going to have receivers to throw to?
0: Yeah, The (laughs) <laughs> that that's that's exactly right you know this is exciting offensively but if they can't get on the field as wide receivers can any of them play defensive back because we're going to need some
7: yes isn't that the truth <laughs> I, I mean luckily i think with gage duali declaring for the draft you're at seven defensive backs gone but we saw in the citrus ball, maybe that's for the better. Like <laughs> Iowa's pass attack is nothing to go brag about. But still, they held them to 60 yards through the air the whole day. So with a pick from Andre Time, who hasn't played a lot, he's getting his first chance at quality reps. He'll probably be a starter next year, the way the room is working. Jordan Thomas got a lot of run at the star position when they did go into the nickel defense. So I think there's a lot of – new guys that are needed to step up in the secondary a lot of new faces and maybe that's for the better to just have an overhaul the secondary and try to get some new guys in there you bring in two people two players from the transfer portal jermon mccoy from oregon state jacoby thomas from middle tennessee mtsu so you bring in two guys that are expected to make an impact they probably will you have some freshmen who can make an impact boo carter out of um i guess he finished his career at bradley central he can make an impact in that secondary as well so Caleb Beasley from the Nashville area in the DB room. Lots of guys, once again, options at the defensive back room. The difference between the wide receivers and defensive backs is not a lot of guys who are proven to be options. So they'll need some people to step up and make something happen in that secondary for sure.
1: So is Boo projecting on the defensive side of the ball then?
7: I think more than likely Tennessee will move him to more of like that nickelback star type role, which for them has consistently been a larger defensive back or basically a larger cornerback. So I think he'll probably project there. I have heard from some people that they want to try him maybe at kick returner and punt returner as well, because the trend seems to be from looking at his high school film is that he was really good with the ball in his hands. Mm -hmm. Just the route running and the wide receiver skills were not as refined. So putting him at kick returner, punt returner gives you the option to get the ball in his hands and let him go to work without having to worry about, you know, maybe his route running isn't good. And then the defensive back secondary, he's got instincts from high school that you can see on tape that will probably make him fit pretty good in a secondary that will need a lot of help.
1: Sounds kind of Dale Carter-ish, not to put any pressure on him.
7: Yeah, I mean, a secondary has a lot of pressure. I I don't know. I get – if you want to call it pressure, there's not really – It wasn't really good before, and now the expectations are a lot lower because you have a ton of new guys. So call it pressure or no pressure, I'm not sure. All I know is that you need a lot of guys to step up, and we saw Ricky Gibson during the um, Citrus Bowl. He got a lot of run at safety, so he's a guy they're high on. Christian Harrison played a little bit. So there's a lot of faces It's going to be about putting the pieces together, and I don't know if we'll find out what the pieces will be until really spring ball.
0: You know, speaking of pressure, the, the the best way to alleviate issues in the defensive back hmm. is to get home. And so, obviously, that's that's what this front seven is going to be kind of focused on doing. Is this front seven going to be going forward, you know, what we've expected out of the last couple of years? Because we, the, this Tennessee front seven, the last two years have been phenomenal.
7: Yeah, I think – you bring a lot of guys back. James Pierce in particular played Jeez. great. And you, look, and you look at his instincts. I mean, a pick six for a defensive end.
3: Yeah. Which
7: also, <laughs> says something, also says something about Iowa's offense, but they said that the play was something they saw in film, that when they lined up in that formation, nine times out of ten, they were throwing a bootleg to the tight end. So Pierce decides to drop back into the flat. And when you look on the camera angle from Deacon Hill's point of view, Iowa's quarterback, I'm really not sure how he even saw his tight end. He just threw the ball, hit James Pierce in the chest, and James Pierce took it for six. So he's going into his junior year with after a season where he had the most sacks since Derek Barnett, I think, in 2016, 13, 14, 15, a long time ago for that defensive front. So he's a guy that will need to make an impact. And then on the other side, Tyree West stepped up in the Citrus Bowl when his name was called with Tyler Barron now transferring to Ole Miss, and he made an impact on the other end. You still have Joshua Josephs floating around. He can fit in and rotate in the defensive front. Bringing Amari Thomas back is massive. While maybe the stats don't jump off the page, his leadership on the defensive line for some of those younger guys who want to pin their ears back and rush, like a James Pierce or Tyree West, having him in the center to kind of point everybody where to go is massive. You assume Omar Norman Lott at this point is back next year. He had a big year as long as he comes back healthy. So another spot where you have a lot of guys, you bring in, Jordan Ross, who's a five-star defensive end at a high school from the state of Alabama. So having James Pierce back, I think is massive. He's a guy where you hope that the offense focuses on him. And then you hope to pair him with a guy like Tyree West on the other side or Joshua Joseph, or even some of those guys in the middle who can get back to the quarterback and let them um, go to work. So I think the front seven is massive. And then your linebacker core with Keenan Peely back. I mean, that's, He's your traditional in-the-box mm-hmm. middle linebacker. When you see him in person, he's massive. Honestly, he should, in my opinion, throw on a neck pad and just go full old-school middle linebacker. <laughs> and just play that role.
1: The cowboy collar, huh? You put
7: the neck roll
0: on and the yeah. cowboy collar and let's go. Let's man. go. Yeah. Caleb Giroud and- joining us here from the Daily Beacon in Knoxville. A lot of excitement around this football program going into next year should be a lot of fun. And obviously, you know, bowls mean what they mean these days, which is very little. But
1: I think they still have some meaning. I just don't think they mean what they have yeah. and previ- so previously.
0: I, I really feel like this was a step forward for Tennessee. But after last year's Orange Bowl performance, I don't think I'm going to get too far out ahead of my skis like I did. Uh, this past year, tell I'm saying.
1: I mean, I, I think you have to take that particular bowl performance, as, as you were fond of saying, in a vacuum, just because well, we Tennessee's priorities offensively and where their talent lay offensively kind of adjusted, kind of shifted well, from that ball game to this season.
0: Well, we didn't know how bad. Clemson was going to be either. Mm-hmm. That was not a good Clemson team. This was Iowa's football team. That's pretty impressive what they did. So I, I'm super pumped, man. I hope you guys are as well out there. I know they. I, I know folks are. Caleb. So,
1: Caleb, did you get back in time to get over to the basketball like, facility last night?
0: Was it you who tweeted TBA at FCC?
7: I did not tweet that. I think that's a Mike talking. Wilson thing now. Or oh, Tucker, it? I don't know. It could have been I, what, They I, like to – I've I've given up. I just say they play in Knoxville now. Yep.
0: So, <laughs> he just says they play in Knoxville back. on campus.
7: Yeah, exactly. So I made it back in time to Knoxville to watch Tennessee host Norfolk State in Knoxville. Uh, got a nap in between. Our flights were super early. So that um ended up watching that. And they handled Norfolk State pretty well. Ole Miss coming to town on Saturday, that'll be a fun one for sure absolutely
0: caleb as always we appreciate it man look forward to talking to you again
7: yes sir y'all have a good one thanks for having me all
0: right we'll take a break when we come back Monstars, and maybe more we have time i've we've got something we need to talk about don't know if we're going to get to it today or not but hopefully soon stick around <laughs> main street sports today presented by mid tennessee and joints back in a moment
5: Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
0: Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joints, the Monday Mirror here on Main Street Sports Today. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton, and this is the Monstars edition of the show. Looking forward to this one here because there are some big-time performances that we need to acknowledge. Mo, this could be fun. No. All right. I will kick us off here. Kick us off. Kind of hard not to say C.D. Lamb, right?
1: Yeah, if you watch that game.
0: 13 catches, 227 touchdown. One carry for five yards, but he did have a fumble lost.
1: That cost them a touchdown. Fumbled it through the end zone for a touchdown. Oh,
8: yeah, that's
0: yeah, it. Yeah. But, yeah, so C.D. Lamb. My first Monstar.
1: Your first Monstar. Okay. I'm going to go with a freshly minted Monstar. Cullioka's Dalton Jones. I'm sorry. Dalton Owens. Excuse me. Dalton Owens scored 30 points last night as Cullioka went over to Collinwood and picked up a 64-61 victory to open 2024. Big win for the Blue Warriors, Warrior doubles, mm. double warriors.
0: Depends on, well, they were on the road so they were
1: Blue, uh, so they were they, warriors. They were warriors, and, there. they were warriors last night. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Justin,
2: uh, I'm going to go with uh probably this year's NFL MVP Lamar Jackson, 5 TDs, uh 35 yards rushing. Uh but he's just a running back.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. 18 of 21. Yeah, just to Ryan <laughs> back
0: Monstar number two for me, we head down to the Donald L. Tucker Center in Tallahassee, Florida. Will Pruitt leads Lipscomb with 24 points and seven boards. 78-75 the win for the Bisons with an S. With an S. And had to hold on late, leading by 15 at the break. But Will Pruitt, man, has been a – Massive, massive part of this Lipscomb basketball team in 2023, going into now 2024. And what a great performance he had down in Tallahassee.
1: Um, Record-setting performance in the college football playoff. 29 completions out of 38 attempts, 430 yards, two touchdowns in Washington's 37-31 victory over Texas on Monday night. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. did not win the Heisman, but I think he's okay. Yeah. Justin?
2: My... Uh, that was going to be mine, but I got another one.
1: Um, well, that's okay because you took mine when you when you took Lamar. So we're <laughs> even. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with Blake Corum. Uh, obviously, he's been good all year, and he's a fantastic running back. But that one run to to get the OT win or score, uh, unbelievable. That'll be on highlights forever. Yeah. Yeah. All right,
0: I'm cheating because you know that's what I do. How about the Memphis Tigers defense held Iowa State to a grand total of zero rushing yards? Zero. You understand? They did not gain a yard. And they will forever remember the night they played the Tigers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> As, uh, the Liberty Ball goes to Memphis 36
1: 26. Nice. Um, My number three, Mondstar, had another Mm -hmm. double-double last night.
0: Another one?
1: Another one. Another one. Jeremy Jackson, 25 points, 10 boards, as Columbia Academy Mm -hmm. defeated Webb for the first time in four tries. 66-64. Now, the first time in four tries, among those previous three losses was a four-overtime loss. So, kind of got stick a little bit of an asterisk on that but Jeremy Jackson Jeremy Jackson Jr. the Columbia Academy junior continuing to have a stellar season for the for the Bulldogs and hopefully the ankle injury that he suffered late last night yes. won't hamper him too severely going forward yeah so. Justin uh, I'm
2: going to go with Joe Flacco um, I just like what he's doing there. He, he had two carries or sorry. His stat line is 309 yards, 19 for 29, um, uh, with three t- three touchdowns, one interception, but he also carried the ball two times for three yards. <laughs> and that's just wild to like, make that decision in the backfield. I'm going to run this and be age, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so a struggle. guy who
1: a month ago was still sitting at home is like, right. I'm going to run the ball against an NFL defense. Yeah, good luck with that. But-
0: nearly 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, we've got five minutes left, and it's definitely not enough time to talk about the move made by Alex Anthopoulos over the weekend. We'll get to it at some point. Maybe not today.
1: So we'll definitely in, need to get to it, though.
0: In this, in, 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 in this five minutes, I would like to ask you,
1: The the two of you. Okay.
0: If what is the best thing that you can have dumped on you as a coach after a bowl game and what is the worst thing?
1: Uh, The worst thing is mayonnaise.
0: Is it? Is eggnog
2: (laughs) not worse? From the holiday bowl? Gatorade with sugar would suck. Even though that's pretty common.
1: Mm -hmm. Mayonnaise and eggnog are are one in one a. I never even thought about eggnog, but I mean, oh my God!
2: What about a cool?
1: I think the eggnog will be easier
0: to get off. Yeah, maybe, maybe,
1: just because it's not as thick and gloppy and gloopy. You know, I mean, that mayonnaise. You're going to have to be steam
2: cleaned after that. I no, mean no, no. <laughs> What about thing is this is this fixed? like are we going off based on what coaches have been?
0: Yeah, so like oh, okay. obviously Duke's mayonnaise, the eggnog from the the holiday bowl, but the two right. best are the frosted flakes and the Cheez-Its. I mean, oh, you absolutely. can get those off either.
2: Yeah, you can just all day. Yeah, yeah you, you just, just shake, shake it off. as, as
1: Somebody would say,
0: <laughs> uh, I guess Taylor Swift and football go hand in hand. Well, Pop Tarts.
1: Okay. Pop Tarts might get a little heavy. I'm a
0: little upset about the Pop Tarts. I thought they were actually going to eat the mascot. <laughs> they did not. It was just like that, that. It was a like they took the mascot and and there was a big Pop Tart cake, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> I thought like you could just go around and
1: and, and break, it it break it off break it off break them off yeah
0: i mean i don't know i just but, I,
1: yeah i mean cheese, I, the cheeses in the frosted place when so. i
0: saw when i saw <clears throat> hypo get doused by the the cheeses i was like Huh, oh, that was easy all right all oh. right i
1: could take that well it's tougher for whoever's got to sweep that stuff up
0: that was what i was thinking though what happens then you know, because you gotta vacuum that up, or sweep it up, or rake it up, or something. And on these these turf fields, you're you can't vacuum, I don't guess, because you'd be vacuuming up the stuff off.
1: Well, they probably re spread that stuff. That's possible though,
0: too. Yeah, I guess that's possible. So
1: yeah, but they yeah. probably spread that stuff pretty regularly, actually. Yeah. So probably. yeah, you probably could just vacuum it up. And Get then, to a shop
0: vet, and then Marcus. <clears> throat> throat> This is completely off the subject, but apparently, uh, the Friday before Christmas, someone walked out of this building with a shop vac, <laughs> and
1: so maybe oh, that's, so that's a sore of yeah, um, yeah. You might be careful don't to say it's a
0: shop vac around here right oh,
1: now. <laughs> I I didn't know,
0: but oh. yeah, and then Marcus Freeman <laughs> with the 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 Tony the Tigers frosted flakes. You're just like, okay, whatever. You know, it is what it is. You might get some frosted flakes down your neck or something. But no, like that's but again, but that's, then, you just shake it out. Good to go.
1: But that mayo.
0: No. No, thank you.
1: Oh. Anyway. I wish I wish somebody would. No. No.
3: Oh. I
1: I think I texted you that, actually, that Mac Jones wasn't terribly uh Mac Brown wasn't terribly disappointed about losing the the Duke's Mayo bowl because at least he didn't have to deal with Getting mayo dumped on him.
0: Exactly. And he's avoided it two out of three times now.
1: <laughs> it's a methatope max madness.
0: Yeah. He's like, listen, bowl games don't mean anything, and I don't have to get doused with mayonnaise. One time was enough. No I'm loss. good. I'm good. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's take a break when we come back. Terry McCormick has our daily Titans update, so stick around. <laughs> Can you
3: shoot
0: Welcome back in, time now for your Daily Titans update with Terry
9: McCormick. Terry, how are you? Doing good, guys. It is your Daily Titans report, and as always, it's brought to you by Zen Sports. Well, I asked Mike Vrabel today about the uh, persistent rumors of a rift between him and Rand Carthon at this scuttlebutt from outside Nashville that continually speculates about him leaving and being the coach of the Patriots or not being happy here and all that. And his response was somewhat predictable, but also pretty telling. He said that uh, he looks forward to being here and he wants to work and rebuild this team, get it to a championship caliber level. And he expects to do that with Rand Carthon and the two assistant general managers and uh, the players and staff. So, Sounds like uh, Brable's staying, as we all suspected was the case anyway.
1: Scuttlebutt. I mean, that's that strikes me, Terry, as a pretty solid response because there's a lot of things that he could have said and said nothing, and that doesn't sound like a nothing response to me.
9: No, I agree with you. I think that that, you know, puts him solidly as the face of the organization uh, going forward. And right now, that you know, that's not a good thing because of the predicament that the team's in at 5-11 and 11 and struggling to go along mm-hmm. and, and, you know, finishing out kind of limping into 2024. But it does say that he is committed to getting this thing back on track and knows that he's going to have to have some help from the front office to be able to do that.
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know that five and 11 is necessarily a reflection of Mike Vrabel. And I, I think we've seen what he's capable of doing with a, you know, with less than a full deck over last season and the season before that, I, I just, I'd like to see this roster get back to being closer to an NFL caliber roster with Mike Vrabel at the top and see what happens. I, I It it kind of blows my mind to listen to people talk about this guy doesn't need to be here. Uh, it, it's bizarre to me. I don't know what they've been watching.
5: So that's just Right. What, I mean, me.
9: when you, when you look at this team and the way it is right now, and, and I'm not going to completely absolve Mike Vrabel of every, you know, thing that has happened that's caused this thing to crater like it did. I mean, because, you know, John Robinson may have made may have made the picks, but Mike Brabel had a hand in some of those, and it's his and the staff's job to develop some of these guys as best he can. So he does have some culpability here, but I agree with you. He didn't just forget how to coach over the last year and a half. You know, I mean, when you put pieces around, it's it's sort of like when you talk about, you know, to use a football term, when you put a quarterback out there. You know, very few quarterbacks can go around throwing to the three of us and look like an all-pro. But uh, you give them... a a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase or somebody like that, all of a sudden they look pretty good. And, And I think that that's the situation here. There's, you know, there are a few pieces to work with the task that Vrabel and Carthon and the entire scouting staff and coaching staff now has to do going forward is to find more pieces and coach those pieces up and develop them. I think, you know, the one area that I would say where Brable and the staff may be lacking a little bit is they've not developed a lot of these guys. You know, I mean you've seen other teams have a lot of fifth and sixth and seventh round picks hit, and they've had a few here do that, but not a lot of them. And I think it's like I posted something on Twitter the other day. Titans fans would be fine when you look at the some of the hits that they've had in the last couple of drafts, whether it's Roger McCreary playing nickelback or Elijah Molden at safety or Dylan Radins, who's a swing offensive lineman. you A lot of the better teams land those guys in the sixth round. Teams like the Titans have spent second and third round picks on guys that don't play premium positions. And so you've got to find the guys who play the premium positions and hit on those with the early picks and then use the non-premium position, fill out those rosters, those spots with cheap free agents, and day two and day three picks. Man, cheap free agents.
0: Those those don't exist at the positions that the Titans that
1: they, that they need, need them to necessarily. Yeah.
0: And that's the unfortunate part. That being said, you know, 2024, almost 100 million in cap space, the most in the league. You've got probably a top five or top six pick. This is going to be the the most important year in this rebuild, you know, even if, even if it doesn't, you know, even if you don't see the results immediately in 2024, this is the year where the rebuild really, really starts. And you've got to find those core pieces to get you into that 25, 26. And of course, into the 27 season, that's very important.
1: Yeah. But before you get to this rebuild, there's the small matter of, a trip to Jacksonville this weekend where the Titans try to avoid a winless finish in the division for the first time since, well, since ever for the Titans, but since I think 82. And for the franchise?
9: year. that was yeah. a short strike shortened year where there were only nine games and four division games. Uh, I looked that stat up and once I got found that one, I quit looking. So it's, it's even further if it's ever happened in a full uh schedule in the nfl uh if it if it's ever if it has it's probably going back because you remember they were up before 82 for the most part they were really good because that's when they had earl campbell and bum phillips and dan pastorini Mm -hmm. and then the other lean years would have been in the early 70s uh right after the mergers so uh been quite a while since they've not won a single division game in a season. Well, I'm not gonna lie; kind of don't want them to win, but that's
0: that's future me looking.
1: Well, I tell you, Mike Vrabel would have an issue with that. Well,
0: and I would hope that he would. I I want my coaches and players to want to win all the time, but that's why we as fans you know, can can kind of have that, okay, well, it's not going to be so bad if we don't. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, Terry, tell all us right. about Zen Sports.
9: The new Welcome. sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee, Tibet.
4: Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low-deductible plants with 100% preventive care coverage all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445
2: This holiday season the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs including towering mythical beasts a life-sized santa's workshop and a 100 foot long dragon welcome back to zoo illumination at nashville zoo bigger brighter and better than ever
0: Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Chris Yao, Maurice Patton, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio in 2024. Glad to have you guys with us. It's Wednesday, Mo, but it's okay. Because we still have Chip Walters coming to say hello.
8: Hello. See, told you. makes it seem like Tuesday, which makes it feel like you've your week is going to be actually longer than it is, yeah. so when Friday gets
0: here'll it be even better
8: sure <laughs> <So>.
4: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah chip um thanks for joining us as you do every week um regardless of the day sounds like the round table was good
5: today
8: it was uh. I do the, the, uh, weekly show on WGNS every Wednesday morning at nine. And, uh, and, uh, we, uh, we able to work, uh, coach Derek Mason in, uh, he, he actually moved a staff meeting by 30 minutes to give us, uh, about 35 minutes of time today. And, and, uh, is, uh, it, very much like, uh, his, his, uh, career at middle so far, we, it's which has been a lot of stuff in a short amount of time we we tried to cover a lot of different topics uh, in a short amount of time uh everything from uh the recruiting class uh to uh putting his staff together to how he spent christmas and uh you know to uh you know what was appealing about the middle tennessee job and you know, I thought he, you know, really good answers. He's, he, uh, and I tell you, maybe, I think the, maybe the most impressive answer I thought he gave was, he said that, uh, I asked him how he spent Christmas. He goes by turning my phone off and putting on my Christmas pajamas and and enjoying it with my family. I thought, well, that's, that's, that's what I wanted to hear right there. And, uh, but yeah, he, he's, a uh, really an engaging guy as as you all know. And, uh, and uh, he, he so far he's hit a lot of the right buttons.
1: Man, I mean he's just a guy that you enjoy being around. I feel like. And- well, and,
8: and I, you know when he was at Vanderbilt, I, I had not did not have that opportunity. Obviously, I had things going on here, and uh, but everybody that I've talked to that, you know, worked with him uh, in a professional manner and. And as I told him this morning, I said when I heard you were going to get the job, my first phone call was to Joe Fisher, who did the games at Vandy uh, during uh, Derek's time, and uh, and and you know and he, and everything that that Joe told me uh, it was stuff that I would be looking forward to. And uh, so and and when I told him that, he got a nice grin and and all of that. But he also had some really interesting comments when I, we were talking about his staff the the went into great detail about uh, the uh, ones he has hired already but uh he he really gave a great deal of kudos to the holdovers on the staff uh in particular uh going into the recruiting because signing day came very quickly and Mm -hmm. and the work that uh that they did and he 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 talked about you know everybody from Mitch Stewart to Mike Polly to Dustin Royson to Brent Stockstill to Jeff Beckles, those who, who who are remaining on the staff and some may still have the opportunity to be part of the new staff. Uh, he was highly complimentary of their professionalism and how they went about their business and and uh, that I think that says a lot about those guys and uh, and also uh, you know they're. They're in a daily job interview as well so uh that that you know that i i was really you know i was i was kind of interested to hear what he had to say about that and and impressed with the answer chip
1: um, he's living in nashville is that right yes
8: yes think he still he, has a he, think he still has a home in in the brentwood area is okay
1: it's not easy to get from Nashville to Murfreesboro on I twenty four
8: these days. Hey, I mean you is know, he I,
1: looking at is is he gonna choose
8: I don't know. That you know, that is always an option. I just want you to know that. That is always an option out there. But uh I, I think that is uh I'm not sure that decision's been made yet, uh of, of you know, of if or when he's gonna move to Murfreesboro. I uh but uh you know, I, I hope to be part of that conversation when he does. We'll see. <laughs> How's that? Is that politically correct enough?
1: It, it was politically correct enough. I think you could have been a little stronger, but I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. You yeah. a little,
8: little, right. little stronger on that
1: elevator pitch there. Yeah, the, yeah. You need to, you need to work <laughs> on that a little bit. But, um, keep shifting gears because, I mean, un, until the next signing day and the next. You know staff announcements, and we're kind of in a holding pattern, I guess, as far as football goes. Um, a tough loss for the Lady Raiders out at Grand Canyon to close out twenty-three, but I'm sure that they will bounce back.
8: Well, you know, yeah, in physical ball game. Uh, matter of fact, uh, my Dick Palmer uh, was uh, joined me on this morning, and we were talking about that, and uh, you know. We, we've we've that's a team that that uh, Liberty had played them earlier in Lynchburg, and that was all part of the Conference USA WAC uh, challenge, uh, which the conference office does not want us to call it that. But uh, anyway, so we're going to call it that.
3: Yes. What do and, they want uh, you to
8: call it? The Conference USA WAC scheduling initiative. How about that? Well, that's (laughs) no,
1: no, go ahead. So anyway, (laughs) you've acknowledged their preference. Now let's go on anyway.
8: But uh, yeah, it was a uh, physical ball game that uh, they got out to a 15 to six lead. And, and, uh, and from what, uh, Mr. Palmer told me today, it was, it was physical and, and, uh, and, and that middle did not, uh, equal the, you know, the toughness level on the floor that, that grand Canyon showed, especially being the home, the home team there. And so now they, uh, practiced, uh, they were practicing this morning. As a matter of fact, when I was over, uh, talking to, to Derek, uh, they, they went early here for a couple of days, especially because the men have a home game tonight. And, um, and so they were working on that and, and uh getting ready for Louisiana Tech because it will be a it's not an easy road trip that they're gonna have next week to start conference play. That will be a Wednesday night game at uh Louisiana Tech, followed by a Saturday game at Sam Houston, and that will be a bus trip between Ruston and huntsville texas uh and and again you're playing a tuesday night or a, yeah, a, two, a wednesday night and then traveling on thursday and uh you know getting ready for a saturday afternoon game and then coming home after that hoping to get a flight out of houston uh and of course they've already been working on all that but that's not an easy swing and there, the uh there's a couple of of Swings that are not real easy in the league this year. One being uh, Liberty and FIU. That is a Thursday-Saturday swing that that comes up later in the season for both the men's and women's team. But they, yeah, they are uh, now nine, uh, ten and four, and uh, getting ready to go into the conference race. And you know, they've they've got a lot of things going for them. This this week will also give them an opportunity to get any bumps and bruises. They haven't had any major injuries uh, outside that, I mean, anything that's happened during the season. Of course, they had lost uh, a guard earlier before the year that that uh, kind of thinned the point guard rollout just a little bit. But uh, but still, the, you know, they'll have those two next week. And at that same point, Middles' men will be at home against those same two teams, but on Thursday and Saturday. But, uh, again, the final non-conference is tonight against Reinhardt out of Georgia and they played actually Reinhardt actually played a game last night believe it or not mm-hmm. Ooh. against uh, St. Andrews not of Swanee fame but mm-hmm. St. Andrews uh, College of North Carolina and uh, put up uh, put up about 100 points last night so uh, put up a, as a matter of fact a little over 100 points but uh, Middle needs to get well tonight, and uh, they they simply need to come out and uh, and, and and win tonight convincingly, get some confidence uh, after uh, a loss at Murray State, which was on the heels of a long road trip uh, out to California and Arizona, or uh, Utah rather. But you know the Murray game, Middle came out and played the first ten minutes of the game, uh, probably the best they've played in a month. And uh, at that point, uh, Murray made adjustments, and the Blue Raiders did not adjust well. Uh, did not adjust well to the uh, the adjustments that were made by Murray because they had uh, they had gone deeper and started pressing, and Murray kind of shocked Murray a little bit, and the Raiders took advantage of it, but uh, they made some adjustments and started handling the press a little bit better and forced middle into some turnovers and turned that back around. So that, that, uh, you know, they, they need to come out and get a, get a win this evening.
1: Yeah, because it certainly doesn't get any easier for them no. after tonight.
8: No, so. it does not.
1: You're correct. Like, like you said, a little confidence and, um, might, they 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 could certainly use some. Like you said, I think they were up like nineteen eleven at Murray at w- early.
8: Yeah. Uh, we're up uh, t- twenty two to twelve or or uh, something like that. But it was it was a, had a ten point lead, and uh, and then it turned around before halftime. So yeah, it was something very similar to what you're talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. I don't know how much we can continue to talk about it. Uh, obviously the, the loss of Cameron Weston, Ben, well, he,
8: they say he's not going to be walking up that ramp tonight. Uh, he his, his rehab is going well, but, uh, you know, that's not, that's not going to have anything to do with, with this year. He, uh, he is, uh, I saw him at practice yesterday, but, uh, you know, it, it what nick made a conscious decision going into the murray state game uh he made the decision that uh he was going to go deeper into his bench he likes to play nine or 10 guys if he can but had not been playing he'd been playing about 7 and he said heck he goes i want to be able to press that that's when we've been at our best the last couple of years you you won 45 games in the last two years and you did that by pressing forcing turnovers getting easy baskets right now this team is not scoring well out of the half court offense they're not shooting the basketball well so you got to do something to jump start that and the way to you know the way to do that is is turn up the heat get the you know try to get some turnovers and easy baskets that way and and he did he played uh Ozel jackson more uh chris loof is playing more uh Trey Green is playing more uh loof has now won the conference freshman of the week award four straight weeks and won it again is, this week yep won it again this week wow. so he he is uh you know he he's really uh played twenty three minutes at Murray, and so you know adding those guys back into the mix, lengthening that bench. Uh, and, and trying to play an upper faster tempo, I, I think is is what is an is a direction they want to go now, which I think is a direction that's going to be good for them. We'll see well, how, and, it, how it turns out. Yes.
1: And and I guess that doesn't bode real well for Josh Ogan Daly whenever he does get back.
8: Well, and that is if he's going to be able to. That's still a question mark at this point. Uh, but still, I mean, if he was, if he is able to. His his ability, even if it's in shorter spurts, to provide minutes in the post position would be a welcome addition. Okay. So
1: Chip Walters, the Burv. Burr. burr. The, the Blue Raider voice, <laughs> joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and
8: Joint. Um, That's almost like the reverse of the Verbo, whichever bowl that was. But the uh, what or- is
0: that? It used to be the orange bowl or the citrus bowl? The
8: citrus I, I, bowl. No, no, it was uh was it citrus? No, citrus is cheese. I think it was fiesta. fiesta. Yeah, It is the fiesta now, you're correct.
1: Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um Chip, we've talked about stuff kind of on the horizon for the Blue Raiders and Lady Raiders. What's what's a little farther off? I think Groundhog I,
8: Groundhog Day exactly. And uh, uh coming up and it will be on Groundhog Day this year, February hmm. 2nd, uh which is a Friday. Uh be a good day for you and Chris to come up and have some ham hocks and white beans.
1: Hey, don't threaten me with a good time.
8: I understand. A little cornbread to go in there as well. But uh the uh in baseball news, couple uh, one local player in particular They announced a couple of additional signees to the baseball program. One of them, Brennan Miller from over at Chapel Hill, Forest High School, left-handed pitcher and first baseman. Uh, And he is the uh, nephew of one of our, uh, one of the guys that you and I are familiar with a good bit, Dwight Robinson, who uh, went in the 10th round of the major league draft back in 1991. And uh, he is also the cousin of former MTSU softball product, Laura Mueller. I was wondering about uh, that. So, uh, yeah, the bat and ball are are good inside that family. And uh, so Brennan Mueller, and, you know, anytime you can bring a nice bat as well as being a left-handed pitcher, the door is always open to those people. And uh, a catcher out of Connecticut, Braden Purser Eber, Uh, he was ranked uh, the number three uh, catcher in the state of Connecticut and a uh, 2023 preseason Perfect Game All-American selection and Perfect Game Northeast Dream Team selection. So that looks like that's a pretty good get. He is uh, a big catcher at 6'2", 215.
1: He is a big
8: catcher. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm always fascinated by baseball players from up
8: north. Yeah, I, mean, I understand that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Baseball players up north are always yeah. You never know what you're gonna get because they don't play a lot. <laughs> so I was uh, the the softball schedule came out today, Chip, and the MTSU Invitational will be the first time we see the Lady Raiders in Murfreesboro with Detroit Mercy Armor, Army Armor Army. <laughs> um, boy, I just had it up and I lost it. Um, but a solid little group of of uh, of teams that will be in Murfreesboro around the start of February. So
8: yeah, the uh, up. you know the uh, and Jeff Breeden he he's is uh, smart. he doesn't mind playing. You know he, he's pretty smart in his scheduling. The first weekend of the year uh, they are in California uh, for a tournament and then they at yet yeah, you see Davis then they go to Florida Gulf Coast down in Fort Myers uh and, and play in a tournament there then they Hey were, how,
1: how, hold up a minute how yeah. about Florida Gulf Coast beating FAU last night uh
8: that was uh that must have been women because no. it was not nope cuz the see FAU see the FAU men beat somebody they beat uh, Florida Atlantic FAU who did FAU men played a oh, conference game. Oh, they beat game. Arizona. Yeah. No, Arizona. But, but they played a conference game last night. They beat um Well they, it,
0: hmm. No FGCU beat them. It wasn't last night. It was Was it not last uh, night? No, I think it was two or three days ago. My fault. Seventy two sixty-eight.
8: Okay. Um, when was it? Four days ago. What was it okay. Yeah, they played they played a, a an American. They played East Carolina last night.
1: Yeah, one point. one pretty big, I think 79-64. Yeah, that, uh, they pulled they yeah, pulled my that game that,
8: that game pulled away uh, later, but uh after the Fort Myers tournament, they go back to Florida for a tournament at Madeira Beach, which they've been in for several years. And then uh they'll go from Madeira Beach to UT Martin. Uh yeah and then and then come home for army detroit mercy north alabama bradley uh as part of the mtsu invitational tuna there you go
1: the university of north alabama That's
8: right. tuna's in town make sure to go see him <laughs> okay. i don't i don't think brent Deerman will be coming with the lions uh
1: to uh,
8: to direct not. the offense for for that
0: No, but uh, yeah, North Alabama, long history of great softball. So don't, don't underestimate it. Don't go to sleep
8: on the line. Don't sleep
0: on the line. The the lady lines are are, are really, really solid. Chip, as always, it's a pleasure. We appreciate it. Look forward to next week, regular bat time, regular bat channel. That's right. And and we, we look forward to
8: it, man, as always. All right. Good deal. See you guys. Thanks, Chip
0: we'll take a break when we come back finally we get into the new year's six college football playoffs and much much more Right after this on main street sports day stick around mid Tennessee bone and joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
4: With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you No matter what's happening in the world or at your house.
5: Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome
0: back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao. Mo Patton and time now to take a look back in the mirror to the college football playoffs, the New Year's Day Bowls, etc. I'm not sure, and I, I saw someone actually ranked them, but I'm not sure that we've seen a better New Year's Day slate particularly the playoffs.
1: I don't think we've seen a better set of playoffs. I mean, two one-score games, one of them going to overtime.
0: It's just,
6: man. And
1: the other one barely missing, you know, a, a tying or winning score inside the last minute. I mean, you know, the committee obviously took a lot of heat And I think as much heat as they took, I think you've got to tip your cap to them. Yeah, I I mean. I don't don't know that you could have come up with a better semifinal round than what you got.
0: uh, The simple fact is this. Florida State without Jordan Travis does not take Michigan to overtime. They just don't. With Jordan Travis, I think they're a top four team, right? But if you watched that game and saw how disoriented J- Jalen Milrow was, well, I don't think Tate Rodemaker was going to fare much better. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so, well, he, he, he may have had he gotten better play from the guy that he was getting the ball from.
0: Well, Jalen Milroe had some unfortunate issues that had nothing to do with him.
1: But he also had some unfortunate issues that did have to do with him. And I, I, I see what you're saying. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I'm, I'm not ready to put it all on Jalen Milrow. No, what I'm saying is Michigan's defense proved that
0: they are the best defense in the country. All right, Michigan's defense proved that. And again, my my point is not that Jalen Milrow was bad. My point is that Tate Rodemaker would have been worse. It's <laughs> all I'm saying in that scenario. What what I think was most impressive to me, and I mean, the simple fact that after the Iowa Tennessee game, I was so convinced that Alabama was going to run all over Michigan. I thought if this is the best defense in the Big Ten, hmm. then Michigan cannot be very good. Turns out they are.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Jalen Milroe the fumble in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. if he flips that ball out to the edge on that RPO, mm-hmm. it's over. That dude's going to the house,
1: right?
3: And
0: next thing you know, you know, we're talking about Alabama being in the national championship game again, again. And, and, and all of this. But if ifs some butts were candy and nuts,
1: we'd all have a very merry Christmas.
0: And we yeah. don't, and so therefore, Michigan playing for its first national title since nineteen ninety seven. Washington earns a trip as well. The Big Ten is celebrating mighty hard.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because they just beat two SEC schools. Yep. Now, I made a a comment on Twitter. Say what you want about the NIL and the transfer portal, but we have two schools who have not even sniffed the championship game in their previous college football playoff appearances now playing for a national title, to some degree, that has to show you that the state of college football that we live in is working the way that it was intended to some degree, and that was to create parity.
1: I don't think NIL and I don't think the transfer portal were designed to create parity. I think parity has come about as a result of That's NIL awesome. and the transfer portal, because I don't I don't I don't think. I don't think the decision makers are that forward thinking. <laughs> this is it. I don't think they did this. Proactively. Yeah. I think they did this reactively to try to save college football. And
0: it may be saving college football. It
1: may be saving college football. It may be killing college football. Depending on where you're at. Well, not just where you're at, but where the game is at. I mean, because you look at what's going on down at Ole Miss, I don't know.
5: Yeah. And I
1: mean I'm not I'm I'm not trying to cast any aspersions on anybody. If if you've got the ability to go out and get a Walter Nolan and and everybody else that they've been able to go out and get hey, power to you. If you can go out and get a national championship like that, congratulations. But the greater good of college football and and I'm not I'm I'm not trying to be that get off my lawn guy. I'm just looking at it and I'm telling you something. And and I'm for the players. I want the players to have that freedom of movement. I want the players to get paid. But I think things have swung so far in the other direction that, you know, MTSU is going to become a farm system for somebody, you know, Jacoby Thomas goes and plays two great years at middle, just like when we talked about Laura Measler, you know, you're going to have maybe 20 to 25 teams, which kind of spits in the face of your parody thing.
0: Yeah, but I, uh, I think I would rather have 20 teams capable of winning a national championship than the seven we've had over the last 10 years. That, you know what I
1: mean? I guess it is an improvement, <laughs> just numerically speaking. But, I mean, yeah. It, it's it's going to be interesting to watch. Well, it's going to be fascinating to watch where we go from here, the especially Miss with the 12-team playoff next year.
0: Well, the Ole Miss situation that you mentioned, you know, you, you could always say, though, they can always end up like Texas A&M, who had the most expensive recruiting class in history and did absolutely nothing with it.
1: So what they did with it and some I saw this tweet a couple of days ago. What they did with it was probably keep somebody else from winning it. Yeah. Because by being able to bring all those guys on one campus, they kept a couple from going to Georgia, kept a couple from going to Alabama, kept a couple from going to Texas. You know,
0: that's why there was so much (laughs) parity.
1: You know,
0: right? <laughs> maybe Texas a and created the parody because because they, they had everybody. Well, because Alabama was probably one or two playmakers short of winning a national title. They don't have a game breaker wide receiver like Jerry Judy or when they had uh, you know Jalen Waddle or guys that that could that could make those plays. Devontae Smith. They didn't have that that breakout wide receiver. I don't even know if I could name a wide receiver on their team right now. Jermaine Burton. Like that's it. And I remember him for something other than
1: catching footballs, (laughs) right?
0: So I remember him for throwing, not catching, Mm. (laughs) and punches, not footballs. Not footballs. But you know, the way that this that this weekend worked out was, uh, I mean, it was it was probably the most fun I've had watching football from from dawn to dusk or dawn to midnight. Yeah, in a long time now. Obviously, I, I enjoyed the Tennessee game because it was you know, a thirty-five nothing beatdown of Iowa. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. But the two the two games you know th- that were in the playoffs just fantastic. Here's a question: I have. Mm-hmm. if there had been a twelve team playoff, would Oregon have made the semifinals? Based off what we know right now,
1: Mm. where would they have been?
0: They would have been, the so not five, six, seven, what were they, eight? So
1: they would have played. They would have played a home game.
0: They would have played a home game against the nine, and that means they would have played Missouri and then Michigan.
1: So they would have played at home against Missouri. And then they would have played Michigan in the quarterfinals. In a game
0: somewhere. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know if they beat Missouri.
0: Well, I don't know. Missouri did not look great.
1: I mean, I didn't watch much of that game. Maybe Ohio State. Who am I kidding? I didn't watch any of that game. But, I mean, them beating Ohio State.
0: It was 14-3, though. Now, I, I will say, you know, offensively, defensively, they look great. Mm-hmm. I would I would have hoped for more from their offense.
1: I don't know that Missouri defensively would have matched up with Oregon right. and their speed quite as well as they did Ohio State. Oregon. But, but I don't know that. Six points is their losses.
0: Both of those losses to Washington. Uh,
1: Michigan defense, though that you just spoke yeah, to, been
0: really, really impressive to watch. Yeah, uh, but I don't think you can't say that Oregon's probably one of the number one number, the, probably one of the top four or five teams in the country.
1: Well, four or five, though, that <laughs> makes well, when I mean, when you ask if they're going to make the semifinals. I mean, are they one of the top four or yeah. one of the top five? It makes a difference.
0: It just yeah, it, it obviously depends on you know, and and who knows if they're ranked eight. Mm-hmm. in a 12-team playoff. They might have been ranked somewhere else. You don't know. You, they might yeah. have been 7th. Because, you know, who knows? Yeah. But it's it's an interesting... I mean, based off what we saw, I think Oregon is probably a top-five team. Based off of Washington beating Texas and the transitive property of Washington, Texas, Alabama.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean... It's it's really an interesting. And what are you going to
5: do with Georgia
1: though?
0: I think Georgia's a top four team too.
1: I think I I, I, I think you've got more teams than you've got spots, <laughs> <I think laughs> which which is what the committee's problem. was. That
0: was exactly what it was. But that's what I can't wait to see
1: going in a twelve team playoff. Yeah,
0: it's going to be this year would have been chef's kiss outside of the group of five, which had no real team worth.
1: Yeah. Kind of feel bad for Liberty.
0: They got, they, they they were put into a bad situation. And, you know, if they had played a Missouri or an Ohio State, or, you know, you don't know what necessarily would have come out. But I think Oregon is I, I mean, that's that's a tough draw. And the fact that, you know, Bo Nix not only decided to play, but five touchdowns later. Well, and
1: and I think I think Oregon just kind of quietly, kind of like Georgia, kind of quietly just said, okay, all right, we're not in the CFP. Cool. Somebody's got to pay.
0: Well, and, <laughs> and I wish that were the mindset more often. I understand why it's not,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but as a fan, I wish it were. Does that make sense?
1: It makes sense. It makes sense. My thing is, we've got to stay out of other folks' pockets. Hey,
0: uh, uh, yeah. I, I,
1: we, I, we 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 got to let people make what they feel like is the best decision for them, and stop crushing folks because we're not being entertained.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's so many arguments for and against it that 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 are good arguments and you know the brotherhood argument the
1: we've seen but we've seen guys lose careers in bowl games
0: we've also seen guys tear their acl mcl and pcls and have 15-year nfl careers willis mcgahee
1: so, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not sure <laughs> I mean, you're right, but, but I, I I, I think it's safe to say Willis McGahey is the anomaly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Matt Corral is ever going to have a would have ever had a long NFL career. Right. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that if Bo Nix gets hurt in the Reese's senior bowl mm-hmm. that it's going to make a difference in his you know where he ends up and what his career ends up uh, I think that for the most part athletes who are good enough to play in the NFL can overcome injury it may affect their first 2 years as far as you know draft stock and that could be that could be the end
1: but, uh, but here here's the thing though but you when can't you're talking that, t- when you're talking to a twenty two year old about two years,
3: yep
0: no
1: you, you might as well be talking about their career
0: well and and, and because it might be uh, i mean who knows if if those two if they make it past those two years mm-hmm. you know, and so I get it. I just as a fan you 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 go, man, would have been nice to see a full-strength Florida State Mm -hmm. playing a full-strength Georgia. Um, I still think Georgia wins the game pretty handily, no matter what, just because I think Georgia has that mindset of somebody's got to pay. And I think Georgia's probably, you know, Mm -hmm. as good as anybody in the country on any given Saturday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, Mm -hmm. it kind of is what it is. But, man, yeah, I I just – I'm obviously shocked. I mean, we we picked both Texas and Alabama to win – to win these games, so. yeah, but
1: yeah, <laughs> but
0: how many times did I say Michael Penix is really good? But well, leave the butt out of it. It's well, like saying I'm sorry. But. Well, and, and
1: again, again, we were hmm. that close to being right on one of them. Do you? And think, the
0: other one went over though. Do you think it was a bad play call? Which one in Alabama's?
1: No, I just think it was poorly executed from the start, from the snap.
0: <laughs> well, and and I say that because you know I, I've seen some I've seen some folks who understand that offense a little bit
1: mm-hmm. who say it was an
0: RPO. It was designed to be an RPO.
1: I think Milrow once he had to go down to field the snap. He made the Come decision
0: up. that I'm not even going to try. And here's the thing: they brought a guy off the left edge. His his PO option was to the left, mm-hmm. so I think he panicked, running the ball, which uh, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna? What else are you gonna do? Yeah, I
1: mean, he knows it's fourth and what four? Yeah, and he knows I got to get in the end zone and. My preferred way to do it isn't there. Yeah. You know? I gotta get in the end zone. And 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 you're talking about a twenty, twenty one year old who started all but one game. What, all but one, all but two? I mean, however many games they've played this year minus one. He's is how many games he started at quarterback. I mean stuff
0: happens. Especially against the defense that's been in your face all night. So, Michael Penix was fantastic. Probably, the, probably one of the best performances I've seen from a quarterback since Vince Young hmm. in a situation like that. Yeah. So you just got to give, got to tip your hat to that kid for sure. Um, Wild and Wacky Wednesday: mm-hmm. the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. I have got a story for you. Surprisingly, coming out of Orange County, Florida. No. Seriously? (laughs) Let's just say, you know, porch pirates are an issue this time of year.
1: Especially this time of year, but yeah.
0: But I've never woken up or come home from work or whatever and expected my entire concrete driveway to be stolen. As did Amanda brochure in orange county florida what used to be a concrete slab outside of her house is now a patch of dirt that she didn't ask for
1: somebody <laughs> dug up her driveway
0: I mean, here's the crazy thing she listed her home for sale and strange contractors began coming by measuring her driveway her son counted five of them they just came out and started Pulled their tape measures, all right, and they came and took her driveway. And multiple people come forward saying they've seen things like this happen, whether it be driveways, roofs, or painting. So it happens more often than we actually see it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, how do you take someone's roof? She just replaced the roof, and now and doesn't have the ten thousand dollars she's been quoted to replace the concrete. If she doesn't fix the driveway and sell her home in the next two weeks, she'll lose out on the home she's under contract to buy down the road. No one's going to buy this. It brings, the, it brings down the property value. It just messes it up for me and my family.
1: Wow. This is brutal. That is brutal. What? How do you steal somebody's <laughs> driveway? The
0: whole driveway. And nobody stops them and says, hey, what, what are, you are you doing? doing? That, is, that, that is amazing.
1: I mean, either either you are a horrible neighbor or you have horrible neighbors. I'm not sure which.
3: It's brutal.
1: Because, I mean, I've got one neighbor that if I saw somebody digging up their driveway, I probably wouldn't say anything either.
0: Her doorbell camera captured a bulldozer tearing out the concrete and hauling it away. So hopefully that there's some markings on something. That's wild. That will help her. And wacky. Well... From Dirt Driveways to Dirt Angels, also in Florida, in Hillsborough County. It's Tampa. It was the night before Christmas, just after 7 p.m., when the only creature stirring was Team HCSO, Deputy, responding to a one-vehicle crash. Arriving to the scene, he made contact with the driver, Elisa Armando Reyes Rios, 34 years old. Before he could get the information on the crash, Rios decided to run away. Oh, no. Right in front of the deputy's wandering eyes. Not wondering. Wondering? Wondering? Well, they spelled it with an O, which I guess wonders why. Well, maybe he he was wondering. Why are you running away? The suspect ignored the deputy's commands to stop and instead to the top of a fence and over he went into a large construction site. Dashing away he hid in the dark. Down in a pit in the soil he lay, at times perhaps filling the holiday spirit, making dirt angels. (laughs) And making calls on his phone. Can you imagine just, uh, you run away from the cops, you hop in the mud and start making dirt angels.
1: And the calls on the phone were, um, <laughs> dude, call me a bail bonds when yeah. I'm about to get.
0: Now he faces more charges, uh, including leaving the scene of an accident, driving with a canceled, suspended, or revoked license, and now trespassing on a construction site. What an idiot. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Maybe he didn't
1: think. Uh, Yeah, I think that's probably it.
0: Well, let's stay in Florida. We got time for one more. All right. I would like to first say that we need to stop making the the McDonald's coffee lady the face of frivolous lawsuits.
1: You got another one or something?
0: Well... I actually looked up some of the details of that case. This woman had third-degree
1: burns. Okay. From the coffee. Okay. That she spilled on herself.
0: Yeah. But what purpose does coffee need to be? Third-degree burns? Third-degree burns? skin grafts? Like, come on, man. Anyway, I don't think it's as frivolous as we have made it out to be. We know coffee's hot, but it shouldn't be that hot ain't hey, no coffee should be crap how do you drink coffee that gives you third degree burns you let it cool off in the cup why ideally I would like to drink my coffee not look at it anyway,
1: anyway. here's the new lady mm-hmm. no the <laughs> the <laughs> new face of frivolous lawsuits huh
0: a woman in Tampa Bay seeking class action status for a lawsuit against the Hershey Company after packaging for its peanut butter pumpkins left a sour taste in her mouth Cynthia Kelly filed The complaint in federal court Thursday accusing the company of falsely representing some of its Reese's peanut butter products because the pumpkin does not have a face on it as depicted on the wrapper. She says she paid $4.49 for a pack of the pumpkin shake Reese's at an Aldi grocery store because she assumed the product contained a cute little looking carving of a pumpkin Mouth and eyes, as pictured on the packaging.
1: So, because it wasn't a jack o' lantern Reese's, it was just a pumpkin Reese's. She's suing
0: apparently. She doesn't like chocolate because all it does is rob you of chocolate, like the Kit Kat stamp, it just robs you of chocolate. It's no good. That's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Main Street Sports today at two o'clock. Come see us.